You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Lord, and the text connotes Jehovah, the Hebrew word, or the English translation, Jehovah. Jehovah is the self-existing God. The one that does not need a person or a thing to enable him to, to do what he does. Of course, we need him, for without him we can do nothing. Why is it that he is self-existing and does not need anyone? Because he is omnipotent, omniscient, and sovereign. Bottom line, those particular qualities about God says that he does not need anything or anyone. Even though he requires us to do certain things toward him, he still does not need us. I said he still does not need us. Our worshiping of God helps us. When we give to God, it helps us. Because he is self-existing. But God is also, or Jehovah is also the God of covenant. Covenant from a New Testament and an Old Testament standpoint represents agreement. Specifically, it speaks of God being in covenant with those that keep his, his word. God is in agreement with those who keep his word in one sense because he is his word. John 1 and 1 and following says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Everything that was made was made by God. Nothing was made that was made without him. He created everything. But he did it because he is his word. How many are understanding so far? He is his word. And in order for us to experience God or experience his word, we have to walk therein. I love how Amos put it. Amos just asked the question which most consider rhetorical. Can two walk together except they be agreed? In order for us to receive the benefits, the blessings of God's word, we have to be in covenant. We have to be in agreement. 
And if, if you're not in agreement the way you should be and you don't experience what God promised, you may think God is not a person of his word. Now, when I was immature and didn't really walk the way I should walk, I used to ask God for things that didn't happen. I said, well, I, I didn't ask. I guess God, he, he a respected person. He just do it for certain folk. Basically saying that God is not a God of his word. But after really learning the word and getting in line the way I should, I found out that without question, God is a God of his word. He is, he is so about fulfilling his word to the point to where he does not do it just for certain folk. How many have found out God is not a respected person? If you honor his word, if you get in line with his word in blessing, he'll bless you. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your education or what your status in life may be, if you get in line with God's word, you will start seeing his manifestations. You will start seeing him doing exactly what he promised from Genesis to Revelation because he is his word. I said he is his word. And so... The psalmist, no doubt, had a personal relationship with Jehovah. It's, it's evident by the confidence that he exemplifies in speaking what he spoke here in Psalm 84 and 11. And I want to just deal with it as, as he dealt with it because as I stated earlier he talks about God is he talks about God is a giver and he finally talks about how God blesses people he will bless you but notice again what he says here in Psalm 84 and 11 ready for the Lord God is a son and shield. The primary thing that God is in reference to the son is that he is a light. You never have to be in darkness if God is in your life. God will show you what to do and what not to do. God will show you what path to take and what path not to take. Why? He is son. Say to your neighbor, God is son. Therefore, there is no reason why you should stay in darkness. Now, you know, darkness in one sense represents confusion. And God is not the author of confusion but of peace so if he is son if he is light he's going to make sure that no matter what happens in your life that you don't operate in confusion he's going to show you exactly how to think 
talk and act in church and outside of church. When everything is wonderful and when all that can go wrong takes place in your life, he's going to show you exactly what to do. Why? He's your son. Your son. Now, you're going to be challenged. Things are going to happen that's going to try to make you look at alternatives instead of your son. But as you mature, you should always make it your business to only think what God would have you think, say what God would have you say, and do what he would have you do. But he goes on to talk about how God is shield. And shield represents protection. God is your defense. He'll protect you from danger seen and unseen. You holding on? He'll protect you from yourself. I said he will protect you from yourself. Sometimes our biggest enemy is... Touch yourself and say, I have been my worst enemy. I don't have enough fingers and toes to tell you how many times I done messed up myself. Early in life, I tried to shift the blame to somebody else. But I, but I learned that, that if you're wrong, you're just wrong. Ain't no need in trying to shift it. Ain't no need in trying to point. If you're wrong, you're just wrong. She made me. No, 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 no. Even though she got on your last nerve, she didn't make you cuss nobody out. Now, you, you're wrong, you're just wrong. I have to ask God, God, help me not say it. I'm just asking you to help me not to say what I feel like saying. When you're from the country, you say it another way. Lord, help me not to go there. They're trying to make me go there, Lord, but help me not to go there. Because sometimes you, you be wanting to say it, but, but God, just, God ain't saying nothing. He just going to see if you're going to obey him or get in the flesh. And it's a wonderful thing when, when you mature to the point to where you can let folk talk. You can let folks do this, that, and the other. But you just hold your peace. That's a wonderful feeling. You know what I'm talking about. You ought to put your hand together and say, Lord, thank you for being my shield. But notice contextually what happens after he talks about God is son and shield. He then talks about how God is a giver. He says the Lord will. And will connotes a promise. Notice what he will do. He will give 
grace, and glory. He's going to give you, he's going to give you grace. Yes, he is. He's going to give you grace. I love 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 when, when, when Paul was going through a horrendous time and really wanted God to change things for him. Really wanted God to answer his, his prayer. You, you know, and sometimes we, we're in that place, we just, we just begging God to answer our prayer. We don't forget your will be done, Lord. No, we, no, Lord, answer my prayer. Do what I want you to do. And sometimes, like, like it or not, when you're asking such, that's being immature. God's will needs to be primary. I said God's will needs to be primary. Paul was going through it and wanted something to be done his way to the point to where he, he, he said, I asked him three times. And in one sense, when, when asking three times from a literal standpoint, that don't seem like a whole lot. But also you have to rep recognize that, that in the Greek, when it comes to, to three or more, it Figuratively, it represents repeatedly. So some folks say, I don't see nothing wrong asking three times. Yeah, but you, you have to understand that, that three, just in a literal sense, means one, two, three. But figuratively, you just keep asking. Is there a time to really Ask God 50, 60 times. Yeah. Yeah. But Paul, but Paul got an answer after he just kept asking God for a change. And God just simply told him, my grace is sufficient. Didn't say to Paul, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do exactly what you told me to Didn't say that. You know, my grace is sufficient. Paul, I know it's getting the best of you to the point to where you have become weak. He says, but my strength is made perfect. In your weakness. He will give. Grace. And he going to primarily give it. When you're weak in mind. Weak in spirit. Weak in body. Or weak in some other aspect. Of your life. Or when you have them. Moments where you tell God. I can't take it. And God be like. My grace is sufficient. And remember, I told you, I won't put no more on you than you can, can bear. Yeah, you can handle it. You just want to have a fit. You just want to do what you want to do. 
And so he, he, ha he has to give grace because there are going to be times in our lives to where we're we going to want God to do something that is in contrast to his will. Somebody asked me, he said, well, what do you think about God taking Brother Ricky? I said, well, I asked him not to, but I told him your will be done. You have to be first. You created him. You knew him before I did. You loved him, God, before. I so your will be done. Just give me what I need to move on. Give his children, give his wife what they need to move on. And the rest of the family, his mother, give her what she needs in order to move on. He will give grace. He's going to give you exactly what you need to move on. That's the reason you have to praise him when everything is wonderful. And you have to praise him when everything that can go wrong takes place in your life. You can't be like Job's wife. Man, Job was going through it so hard that his wife just got fed up and said, Hey, you know, what you, you know what you need to do? You know she had to have a look on her face when, when, she, when she was talking to him. Based upon what she said. She said, why don't you just curse God and die? You know she wasn't in her right mind. She wasn't. What kind of woman, if she done seen her children die, and seen her whole welfare structure crumble, going to say to her husband, curse God and die. She was mad at God. She was mad at God and wanted to take it out on her husband. And you will get mad at God and want to take something out on him. But God is just. Whatever he does is right. I said whatever he does is right. Whether you believe it or not. And Job, but this is what Job said to his wife. He, he said, he said, Shall we basically be thankful when, when, when God gives us blessings, but then when the opposite come, not praise him? No, I, I ain't going to curse him and die. I'm just going to be thankful. Basically for the good and for the bad. Because Romans 8 and 28 tells us all Things, good and bad, work out for the good. Even bad, if you stay in the will of God, going to work out for your good. Just stay in the will of God. But again, he will give grace. And notice the second thing, glory. God's glory represents um, his power. He's going to give you power. But it also represents his, his happiness. He's going to make sure you're happy. God is the only one I know that can give you a smile in trouble. 
James so understood it, but he knew the 12 tribes of the, of the brethren didn't understand it. And he said to the brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Told them to count it all joy. They didn't understand it, but, but James had learned the secret. What secret? The secret that God will give you peace, will give you joy in the midst of trouble. What is so powerful about joy? Nehemiah revealed it. He said, the joy of God is your strength. It strengthens you. When you allow a hallelujah to come out of your mouth in the midst of your trouble, you'll receive strength. When you just keep turning in victory, keep leaping for joy, giving God the praise. When you just sing your own song, even though you can't really sing. It'll give you peace. And, 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 and Jane and Peter was on the same page. Because Peter turned around and said in 1 Peter 4.12 and following, Think it not strange. Concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. God will give you power. He will give you happiness. And finally, uh, glory means victory. He will give you victory in the midst of whatever you're going through. How does he give victory? According to 1 John 5 and 4, by faith. You read 1 John 5 and 4, the victory that overcomes the is even our what? Faith. faith. When you walk in that word, when you live according to faith, God will give you victory over whatever you may be facing in your life. Y'all quiet because you're listening? But how many are still receiving? He will give grace and glory. I want to show you something. I want to show you one scripture that you may not be familiar with in, in reference to, to God's glory for you to really understand it. And keep in mind as, as we go to Psalm 138 that uh, God's glory represents his power, victory, joy, or happiness. And he's going to give it. Who are he going to give it to? Us. Psalm 138 and 5. That's where we're going. But don't read it till I get there. Notice this. Psalm 138 and 5. Yes, they sing of the ways of who? The Lord. For great is the glory of who? It's great. God can give you great happiness. In a storm. God can give you great happiness. In a storm. God can give you a great victory. To me that means he'll allow you to win what you don't have the power to win. He will allow you to defeat something or somebody you don't have the ability to defeat on your own. He'll do it with his glory. He will release his glory in order to give you strength. That's the reason sometimes we praise God. We start to feel that Shekinah. 
we start to feel the presence of God just come in the room. And all of a sudden, we, we, we feel empowered because he has released his glory. Remember last Sunday how God came in the midst and just released his glory and what it did for you. Thank God for his glory. Thank God for his grace. Final thing in Psalm 84 and 11, God going to bless. Don't you ever think that if you do right, you're not going to come out of whatever predicament you're in. God is a God that when he first showed up to Israel, you know what he wanted them to know? I came to bless you. You're in slavery, but I came to bless you. You ain't got a pot to twinkle in, nor a yard to throw it out in, but I came to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. He went to the poorest of the poor, Israel at the time, the poorest of the poor, people that were being completely dominated by all the folk, people that didn't have the bare necessities of life. Bottom line, they were worse off than we've ever been. Have you ever been a slave? Have you, ever worked, have you ever worked for a person that didn't give you anything? Well, mama, uh, look, look, mama was giving you shelter. Daddy was giving you shelter. Come on now. Mama didn't give me nothing when I cleaned up my room. She wasn't supposed to give you nothing when you cleaned up your room. But you understand what I'm saying? They were the poorest of the poor. They had dropped to the bottom. If it would have been another bottom, they would have went to that. But his, but his mindset was, I'm going to be a blessing to you. You're going to have a land flowing with milk and honey. They were so poor to where they couldn't even accept that God was going to bless them. Like some of us. We look at our situation and, and, and we just, ain't, ain't no way I can come out of this. Now that's some folk mindset even, they, even though you won't say that. It, it's some folk mindset to where the only way I can receive certain things, I got to have a job. That's some folk mindset. That's, that's some of our mindset in here right now. The only way you feel like you're going to get certain blessings, you got to have the right education, the right job, and so forth. You've never put God on top of your equation. It's even some folk that, that say that it's going to take a job and they'll turn around and give the credit to God, but they wouldn't trust God to do 
But you have to understand something. God will bless you. That's the reason he, he told Israel, he said, I didn't choose you because you was the biggest. I didn't choose you because of this, that, and the other. I chose you because you were the smallest. I chose you because you were, you were on the bottom. Why did he choose? Because he wanted folks to see him in them. You ever thought about why God chose you instead of other folk? Why some of your friends never made it, but you did? You ever thought about how worse of a shape you were in and, and never saw yourself where you are right now, but then God stepped in and the rest is history? Say your neighbor, God will bless you. Do he want you to work? Yeah. But he'll, he'll bless you. When you're between jobs. Because God is a giver. He'll bless you directly and indirectly. Because he is a giver. But Israel never got it. They never got it. At least the, at least the majority of them never got it. And they died poor. Died poor. Get this. In the wilderness. Died in a desert. Died in a place where they didn't have no running water. Only water they got was the water that God provided because they never would believe that God was a giver. Even though they claim Abraham as their father. They never understood that Abraham recognized God as Jehovah Jireh, the God that would provide or the God that gives when you don't have. Abraham didn't have anything to give in place of his son. Who did? God. And from the time he obeyed God, from that time forth, God said, look, I'm going to be your provider. Abraham would go to cities, didn't have, didn't have a quarter in his pocket. God would turn around and, and cause folks to show him favor. Get this. He was traveling from place to place. He was like a vagabond trying to, a vagabond trying to get to where God had told him to go. And in the midst of him going from one place to another. God was showing him so much favor. That when he finally got where, where God had ordained for him to go. He had more stuff. More stuff than he needed. To the point to where folk had not only blessed him. But he, he was able to be a blessing to others. As well as start Hiring other folks to work for him in order for him to be a blessing to them. But he did it simply by obeying God. God just kept providing. This ain't the place I want you to stay. Keep moving. This is not it. And he just kept 
moving. And every, but every place he stopped in before he got to where God wanted him to go, God blessed him. Do you know what the Bible says, Malachi 3 and 6? God changes the same thing that he did for Abraham, he'll do for his folk. See, this is only for God's folk. This ain't for sinners, only for God's folk. Y'all all right? How many are understanding? Say to your neighbor, God is a giver. That's the reason I'm setting you up because it's going to take you understanding this to really grasp what the psalmist is saying here in the latter part of Psalm 84 and 11. It takes something to grasp this right here. Notice this. Y'all holding on? Lord have mercy. No! Good thing Not one thing. Walk a translation. Will he withhold? Not one. Not one. If it's good, I'll give it to you. It's healing good. Is money good? Bible say money answers. And, and, and it's a lot of things that, that, that are good. Is food good? Now you may not like somebody's cooking. But don't blame it on the food. Food good. But everybody who cooked food is not No good thing will he with hope from those who are perfect. Isn't that what he said, is it? Say to your neighbor, get out of your mind. That being saved means being perfect. Perfect in the sense of being flawless. You can't be flawless. Because sometimes you will lie and you, you did. Sometimes you will lie and you didn't realize you were lying. <laughs> That's just true. And then sometimes you'll start thinking something you didn't have no business thinking. Because the enemy is just that slick. He can just flip something before you know it. You think it's, and that's wrong. But see, when you're just or you're upright, when, when you recognize that wrong is present, you immediately change. You repent. When you recognize you shouldn't have cussed your sister out. You repent. When you don't know about tithing and think you're doing something, giving $10 every Sunday, but then you recognize that you've been robbing God the whole time, even though you wanted everybody to see that $10 bill. You repent and give God his money. 
That's what it means to live just. You strive to think, talk, and do according to what is written and what is revealed. Because you'll mess up. You'll get mad and say something wrong to somebody that you love. Yeah, you will. That's just all. But, but being just means you're going to hurry up and get that thing right. Jesus summed it up when it, when, it, when it comes to being perfect. He said, there is none perfect but God. Uh, but there are a whole lot of folk that strive to think, talk, and do according to the written and revealed will of God. I'm one of them. Are you Say to your neighbor, I strive to think, talk, and do according to the will of God. Say to your neighbor, I, I have gotten angry this week. But I strive not to sin. In my flesh, I wanted to sin, but I strive not to sin. I wonder if I could still backhand somebody this week, but, but I didn't do it because I was striving to think, talk, and do the right No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. That's me. He must be getting all that stuff because he robbing the I ain't robbing no church. I give more than my salary. I'm blessed because he made me blessed. I'm blessed because he said I ain't going to hold nothing from you. Lord, I like that truck. Yeah, I like that truck. That's your truck, Walker. Hallelujah. Hadn't signed nothing, but he said it's mine. And if he said it, it's so. Why? The earth is his and his fullness. No good thing will he withhold from those that walk up rightly. No good thing. No good thing will he withhold. When Brother Ricky told me, he said, uh, Pastor, I want you to be praying with me. I want to try to get this house. I said, well, what you going to do with your old house? I'm going to sell it. Who are you going to sell it to? I ain't really thought about that. I said, well, I'd like to have your old house. <laughs> Maybe you can be a blessing to me. And I can be a blessing to you. That's what God put on me. He was talking about, he prayed for him getting this house. And I was 
praying for his house if he's going to get it. God blesses directly and I told Brother Ricky when, when, it, when it came to him being minister of music, he, I couldn't treat him like family. But when he came to that house, I said, remember that I'm your little brother. I'm your little brother. I'm your little brother. <laughs> A few weeks after we had that conversation, he was in the house he dreamed of. Y'all ought to give God the praise for blessing him. What a house he wanted. He dreamed of that house. I only went to his house in, in, in the, all of the years. He had it three times. I went, I went when he first got it. I went another time because I wanted to just get in, that, get in the pool he had. And then the next time I went when he had did something to uh, the downstairs of his house. Only three times I ever went to his with house yeah and I probably got the same testimony about all my siblings not, not many times going there but, but no that's just I'm just telling you true but God bless him and, and just other times he would tell me different things and God would just would bless him about different things even when it came to that right I'll never forget that right there well you know the church we need something to uh Sure would be nice to have a hammer. And I said, well, let's, let's just see. Let's pray. We're going we gonna to talk about it. But there it is. <laughs> Ain't that a blessing? And other things. God blessed him while he was here. But Lord, when he, when, when he took him early in the week, you can't beat that type blessing. Say to your neighbor, there is no blessing like heaven. No blessing like heaven. Some of y'all act like y'all don't believe that. Listen to this. Revelations 14 and 13 says this right here. Blessed are those who die in the Lord. The greatest blessing he ever received and the greatest blessing you will ever receive here on earth is death. You holding? In God. Now if you're not in God, the worst blessing you will ever receive. And it really ain't a blessing, it's a curse. The worst is when you die not in God. And end up in hell. In hell. God blesses you. He'll bless you right here. And he'll bless you beyond this, this earth. Why? Because he came to bless. But his blessings start on earth. But they don't stop on earth. But I'm finna stop. Let's get the Lord a hand of praise.